Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Once again, Ed Russo and... Meteorologist Tom Russell here. Good to hear you and good to talk to you today. Yeah, nice. I didn't introduce myself as a meteorologist like you did, Tom. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a given. I mean, you're, you know, I may be chief, but you're master. You're, uh, <laughs> Thank you for the endorsement. I try to, I try to be humble, unlike you. <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh yeah so we're here to talk a little bit about weather and uh, the podcast is all about going into a little deeper dive than what we get to do every day on cbs 21 so we appreciate you listening if you'd like to go back and listen to any of the past podcasts there you can find those right there uh where you access your podcast so it's real easy to do so ed we've made that jump from march to april is we, that a big deal of course it's a big deal <laughs> Now we're in April. Okay. Can you believe it? We're like more than a quarter of a way through 21, 2021. That's hard to believe. Amazing. But I, as, as I turned as I turned the calendar, I had the TV on and I'm watching opening day baseball and it's snowing in mm -hmm. places. Snow. Well, this is not the uh, defines April Fools. I don't know what does. You know, it's kind of <laughs> would happen on this day. Uh, yeah, it feels like an April Fool's joke from Mother Nature. But if you look historically, obviously, it's not that unusual. I did see the Red Sox and the Orioles were postponed because of the weather. But the one in Detroit has got me. Snow's coming down and they're running the bases. And it uh, feels more like football weather than baseball. Yeah, weather. just something wrong with, with baseball and snow. Never something you want to <laughs> see. We've seen it at the World Series and we've seen it. Um, we're seeing it today. <laughs> Yep. Yep, we are. So let's talk about April a little bit because, you know, March, we always say, hey, don't plant things. It's too cold. And, and most people listen to that. But April, you're like, oh, yeah, it's April. We're good. But if you look statistically, the average date of last freeze goes to April 15th. That's the middle of the month. So be careful. Uh, and especially the further north you go, if you're listening from, you know, Mifflin and Juniata counties, it's more like April 20th for you, if not a little later, right? Right. We usually have, um, you know, we usually you know, the, the official start of the growing season really ideally starts after the last killing freeze. So, okay. and that can oftentimes go up to, like you said, April 15th, even a little later for northern counties. So, well, the long time folklore for central PA is you don't plant until after Mother's Day. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get things started in pots or, you, you know, you have a protected area. But the general rule of thumb, if you really want to be safe, is Mother's Day. And it's really hard for people to wait that long, you know? It is, especially when people want to replace all of the the brown that's out there right now is something that's a little more green spring-like. Right. It just seems like right. when you enter the spring season sometimes, it just seems like it takes forever to get, <laughs> you know, warm and sustain it. But the good news is yeah. that after this current cold snap we're in right now, we're going to see a nice little rebound just in time for uh, Easter Sunday. Right, right. So uh, we are going to be on the warmer side of things. And honestly, March wrapped up. Uh, above average by what three or four degrees uh so we were above average there and we kind of see that uh, pattern continue however one caution i offer here at the beginning of april is i do see the middle of the month pretty chilly there's a couple of instances where uh we get what we call a, a cutoff low that kind of sits and maybe spins just off to our northeast and it keeps that cold flow with us so i do see another cold snap here around the middle of the month so beware and snap, meaning don't expect it to last too long, but, you know, certainly a few days not out of the question. Um, right. 
Well, that's the good thing about this time of year is uh, any cold weather doesn't last more than right. uh, two or three days. And it know? seems it, it seems like we're you know we usually get out of the woods of these cold snaps once we get to mid May, mid to to the third week of May. It seems like once we get to that point, we're done with like the really cold snaps, and it's just yeah varying degrees of warm as we go up through right. the uh, summer solstice. Yep, that is true. That is true. So let's look ahead to include May and June. National Weather Service is showing warmer than average temperatures and wetter than average. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I think that's. Uh, I think that seems like uh, seems reasonable. I mean, we're we're also both expecting a fairly active, severe weather season. I mean, the pattern's been very active. Um, yeah, certainly, in the, certainly in the south so far, it's sure. been it's been kind of brutal. So. Uh, as the season progresses, that severe uh, weather kind of migrates northward. So eventually it becomes our severe season, which tends to be May and June. So I kind of feel like you're saying an active one on the way. Yep. Yep. So it's kind of, you know, a wait and see operation. But, you know, we're thinking probably, you know, the severe weather season for us, you know, late April into May, early June around here. Even and some that would seasons. play. Yeah, go ahead. That would play into also National Weather Service carrying out that same warmer than average, wetter than average through the June, July, August forecast at this point. So that would play into what you're saying. Yep, exactly. Plenty of heat, plenty of moisture to work with. Uh, the good news is we don't see any drought on the horizon. So the, the moisture side of things seems to be pretty good because out west, just the opposite. I mean, the 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 dryness in the desert southwest is is really off the charts right now. Yeah. It is. And, you know, we had, of course, all the wildfires last summer um, and, uh, you know, different story. It looks like in the coming months, at least for here along the East Coast, specifically central PA. Definitely a, a solid start, uh, so to speak, I think, of, of the growing season. You know, once yeah. you get all those seeds in the soil, you get, you know, that's the worst time for it to really be a drought because the soil needs right. a lot of moisture at that point. Um. Speaking of soil, a couple of podcasts ago, and you did a story for us with the cicadas. Yes. And you said there was a magic temperature deep in the soil for those cicadas to emerge. Can you remind me what that was? Was it 64? What was 64? it? 64. You pay attention when I talk. Good job, Tom. <laughs> okay. So who measures that, or is that something the average person can measure? Like Yeah. So, you know, e even, even models, even satellite data can pick up soil temperature on a mass scale. Oh, really? And I think by the time... We, uh, the, the time we spoke last about it, which was a few weeks ago, soil temperatures, uh -huh. I think were around 40. I don't oh, know. Oh, so that cold. Yeah. I don't know what they are right now, but they're definitely warmer than that. And usually 64 degrees soil temperature uh -huh. isn't achieved around here until mid to late May. And that's. So that's your, that's your target for the emergence of the cicadas. Right. You point. know, very fascinating thing that will happen. It's going to start in maryland and then two weeks later it will pop up here at least that's the schedule that when i witnessed it back in 2004 um, wow. wow yeah that'll, it, it that'll be cool it really is even if you're afraid of bugs <laughs> why well, if you're well, afraid of bugs, if you're right? afraid of bugs i'll never convince you to embrace this <laughs> but that's true that's true it is just one of those miracles of nature that is just amazing <laughs> how you get all those well the other thing is some people eat them, Ed. Did I tell you that? Some people put like, uh, you know, they'll put salt and pepper on them and, and eat them because they have a lot of protein. They do. They do. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see if anybody does that. And I'll tell you, you can, I mean, when these things come out, because they emerge at night, these, they emerge as their, uh, as these nymphs, I guess. Okay. I, I think that's what they're called, but they're not yet winged. So what they do is they climb up the side of a tree and then right. they come out of their nymph shell and they have these little yellow blobs attached to their side those are the wings and they have to stand vertical on a tree so that the their blood drains into those little yellow blobs that eventually become no their kidding. wings once the blood flow stretches them out and you can actually no yeah you can actually watch it I, it takes a while maybe i can't remember how long it took when i observed it but 20 minutes 30 minutes for them to go from that yellow nymph stage to have their wings fully expanded so i i mean i'm, I'm gonna try to film gopro video of it total nerd yeah you know what that'd be cool like a time lapse That'd yeah. be really cool yeah i mean wow. and, and and the the amount that comes out of the ground especially at pincho state park you you could just gather bowls of them so wow. no surprise people wow. can make these things an easy appetizer and <laughs> and 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 the wildlife all the birds and, and fish and stuff that eat them it, it's the kind of thing where they survive by numbers you know, wow. that's their, that's their, uh, defense mechanism that there's just so many, there's no way that predators can eat them all. So they survive another 17 year cycle and they've been doing it for however long it's been going on. Well, you said their life cycle is only a couple of days, right? They don't last that long. Uh, I think they're flying around two weeks and then oh, once, two weeks? once they mate, once they've fulfilled their purpose in life, they, uh, done fall to the ground and become part of the soil again. Wow. We'll see him in 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed, Ed Russo is all things cicada. So if you have any questions, <laughs> that's where to direct. Uh, you know, I'm a little surprised now that baseball season's here. Ed, couldn't you see like a uh, minor league team being named the cicadas? That'd be kind of a cool logo. We'll it? see. Yeah, I do. I think once, once, uh, especially at, at, at a baseball field where it's going to emerge, Sure, absolutely. Well, a good promotional night. It, yeah, it'll be it'll catch them off guard. Oh, or maybe the problem is their their team's only good every seventeen years. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't play well. Uh, oh man, those are those are horrible stats. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, let's transition to uh, severe season because um, National Weather Service is making actual changes to severe thunderstorm warnings. You want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so, um, you know, if you've ever been in a tornado warning in an area where the National Weather Service has issued a tornado warning, if you're in that geographic area, you'll notice this very ominous sound that your phone makes. You know, it's the same sound that comes from Amber Alerts. You know, the real right. loud, like, it startles you. Doesn't it startle you when your phone... It, yeah, it I mean... It does. Well, that's the idea. Get your attention. It, yeah, get your attention. And... Um, they do that for tornado warnings. They do it for Amber Alerts. Thanksgiving Eve, it was done for COVID. That's when we were really, oh, yeah, you that. know, that, that was, that was super ominous. Um, yeah. I, I remember I was in the car and my phone go, you know, went off and, you know, basically recommended everybody stay inside. Don't go out unless you have to due to rapid increase of COVID. So it went off for that. And, um, now it's going to go off for uh, high-end severe thunderstorms. So basically what that means is um, the, the wireless emergency alerts were never activated for severe thunderstorms, but when a severe thunderstorm is intense enough, it will. And that criteria is 80 miles an hour straight-line winds 
or hail two and three quarters of an inch or larger, which I will tell you, hail that size in central PA is very rare. 80 mile an hour straight line winds, very rare. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, we see severe thunderstorm warnings all the time in April and May. So Mm -hmm. you're not going to get it every time a severe thunderstorm warning is issued. The severe thunderstorm has to have a certain criteria which oftentimes right. in central PA is not met. You know, oftentimes it's as rare as, you know, getting a tornado warning around here. But thank goodness. Yeah, thank, thank, goodness. Yeah, thank yeah. goodness. And 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 a high-end severe thunderstorm warning is just as destructive, perhaps even more so than a than a weak tornado, because a severe thunderstorm, especially if it's like a squall line, can produce widespread straight line winds. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. if the wind is spinning or not. I know that right. you know, you know, tornadoes are so much of a quote, better story, end quote, because you can actually see it coming at you. You can actually, you know, get a visual of of the storm itself, the whole thing. That's why, you know, we're all captivated by looking at a tornado. But, you know, when all is said and done, I mean, a straight line wind thunderstorm that spans miles and miles and miles can do way more damage to way more real estate. Yeah, and I think that's one of the purposes of changing this is to get people to pay attention that, oh, it's just a a severe thunderstorm warning. It's not a tornado warning. But uh, as Ed's been going over, the the damage is the same. And I think a lot of times in central PA, the the worst storms we have tend to be straight line winds. Our our tornadoes tend to be, you know, F-0s and F-1s on the weaker side of things. But we certainly see some damage from strong to severe thunderstorms. So basically uh, what they're doing is they're taking the base for a severe thunderstorm warning, which is 58 miles per hour and uh, one inch hail and saying, okay, we're going to start with base. Then we're going to have considerable, which is 70 mile per hour winds all the way up to what Ed is mentioning at 80 mile per hour winds. So it gives them a little play, a little leeway within the severe thunderstorm uh, warning to say, hey, this is not just any old severe thunderstorm. This is a serious one. Right. And, you know, if you remember, there have been a couple derecho events over the past 20 years that have gone yep. through here. I believe 2012 was one. Yeah, 2012 was a big one. Yeah. Yep. And that basically started in Chicago, South Bend area, and then quickly accelerated across the lower Great Lakes into the mid-Atlantic. And what? I think the span of that was 12 hours. The thing was hauling. Yeah, it was hauling. It was here in Hershey through the overnight uh, we had damage in our yard, picked up our trampoline, and then uh, continued on. There's still a lot of trees down if you go back behind the Hershey Hotel, where these trees were just flattened by that same event. So it was it was pretty powerful. And that's an example of where your wireless emergency alert system would be activated, um, because that had 90-mile-an-hour winds with it. I mean, that, that I think, was even surpassing the 80-mile-an-hour threshold that we're currently talking oh, yeah. about. Also, last year— so. Last year, there was a derecho event that started, uh, well, it was in northwest Pennsylvania. I don't, do you remember this, Tom? It was, uh, yeah, it was kind of southwest of us as far as the impact. Well, I, I know it, it did, part of it went into Philly. Oh, did and, it? And remember, three people were killed. I think in Montgomery County, this was last spring, early summer, maybe. Okay. And it turned into a derecho as it was going into Philadelphia. Um, I think it happened in Montgomery County, and I think it was a collapse, a building collapse, and three people lost their lives. Um, yeah, but I, I think if I recall its trajectory, it kind of weakened over us, or it just didn't have the impact over us. Right. Uh, and it picked up steam uh, to the east of us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that. Yep. That's what happened. And you know, it, it was forming in northwest Pennsylvania, but it really didn't. Right. It really didn't get 
you know, intense, intense until it really got east of the Susquehanna River, especially into the, you know, Lehigh Valley and, and Philly suburbs. So, you know, that would have been an event where the wire, where your uh, WEA or wireless emergency alert system would have been activated. And that's when you would hear that really loud, ominous uh, beep coming from your phone. Um, well, hopefully that's the, you know, that's the new way to get attention, uh, attention, but you know, old school folks like you and me, we still like a good old fashioned weather radio, uh, yeah. because that, that doesn't need to have your phone on necessarily, or, uh, you know, weather radio comes straight from NOAA when they issue that warning and you can set it up for any threshold. If you want it to go off for severe thunderstorm warnings or only tornado warnings, but it's such a valuable tool. And even after all these years, it is still a stalwart and, and throughout the deep south it's a it's like having a fire alarm in your house everybody's got one right and sometimes you know the the um the things we've been using for decades decades are oftentimes the things that are some of still the greatest tools today i think sometimes we get so focused on uh trying yeah. to find something new but you know it's right. it's uh and it's not like we're, we're settling for mediocrity here i mean the the, the noah weather radio has seen great improvements itself because yeah. we've been able to uh you know give advanced warning uh way better yeah. you know in, in recent years so the product itself has improved but at the end of the day it's still the same device that is um it's just absolutely incredible how reliable it can be so looking ahead to summer these changes that we're talking about they don't go into effect until later this summer right yeah it looks like mid to late summer you know i was hearing not too long ago actually that this might uh be put in full force prior to summer and and uh thursday morning uh tom and i were on a conference call with the national weather service and they were indicating uh possibly mid to late spring that that that, that this would be implemented so all these things, they're a process, um, but this is something that's going to be happening, it seems like, across the board. Uh, I right. got first wind of it because, you know, Tom and I, you know, the whole weather department was discussing it a couple months ago because Chicago National Weather Service was implementing this. I think it might already be implemented there. And Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, I didn't hear anything about State College, which is our weather office, doing the same thing. So I, I reached out to them, and sure enough... Um, they're planning on on doing the same thing, and that's what a, a big topic Thursday morning was about. The other big thing that the Weather Service is working on is what we call impact base. So uh, when you see those warnings come out and you start to read them, they're they're trying to make it more of a bullet point form. Hey, here's where the storm is. Here's what the impact is going to be. Uh, location: stay away from these areas or take shelter in these areas. So I think they're getting much much better at what we call the messaging, getting that message out. Uh, disseminating that information succinctly and quickly. So I think we've come a long way. Yeah, we have. You know, uh, it, it's it's great to be. You know, it, you know. Obviously, in things like this, there is always some level of ambiguity. But when you can get, um, you know, specific geographic location, when you can get specific threat levels, stuff like that, really specific information with the warning, it can only do uh, a better job of communicating the actual threat. Right. Right. Well, we hope you've uh, garnered a little information from this and uh, again, getting you always ready for the next big thing, which for us is severe weather season. So we hope that you take the time to make a plan, be prepared and uh, and cheer on the weather like we do. Yep. Right? Yep. And now's the time you know, you know, to make sure have you have all the safety equipment in place like a NOAA weather radio.
now's the time to get it because there's still a lot of time where you know the weather isn't severe you know like this whole entire weekend and i don't really see any threats big threats within the next week so but eventually it's going to become more common as we get into late april may so yep. definitely good to have your plan in place now sounds good my friend let's wrap this up all right nice talking to you tom you are listening you to too. it's raining mets <laughs>